With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to A Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Joined, as always, to talk the latest news, including whether or not the Patriots mascot is on life support with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not too much. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to have you, sir. And as you could tell from my intro there, I wanted to start off with this Patriots mascot stuff. I talked to Chris Nimbley about this last week after it seemed like it was all a work, as they would say in pro wrestling terminology. Then there were reports that the guy actually is hurt. What is the story here? Because I'm confused. It still seems like a pro wrestling angle to me, but you tell me. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like that all along. Um, initially, from when uh, the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge event happened on Wednesday, and uh, you watch you watch the video of like the tackle. I mean, Jamal Adams didn't hit the Patriot mascot, uh, Pat the Patriot, which is a great mascot name. Didn't hit him <laughs> really hard at all, and it looked like at the last minute, like it looked like they cut the video so that the, the guy knew, you know, that maybe they went over to him and said, "Here's what we're gonna do," and you could see the mascot turning at the last minute. And uh, the way they cut the video made it seem like, you know, it was totally staged. So whatever, you know, it was kind of a dumb thing and figured, you know, this is probably just Jamal Adams having fun, which he likes to do. And then, you know, maybe the NFL, I think the NFL put put it out there or sports center put it out there, whatever. Uh, so you figure it's like, you know, the pro bowl and the NFL are fine, but it's free publicity for a game that, uh, you know, is kind of a ho-hum thing anyway. So turns out, you know, then then the thing comes out that he was hospitalized, which okay. Well, then I thought like, oh, this is kind of another uh, good. This is kind of an interesting job of the NFL to promote the game. You know, they're keeping some interest in this game, and maybe they'll pay it off on Sunday by having the mascot like tackle Jamal Adams on the sideline, which I think I still think would have been a cool thing for them to do. But <laughs> um, uh, you know, to pay off the gag or whatever, but. It, apparently it wasn't it wasn't a gag. He was not hospitalized. The Patriots said he wasn't hospitalized. And if you watch a couple of the you watch the one interview Jamal Adams did with uh, ESPN, it, he, I don't know if he thought it was real either. Because at the end of that interview, he was like, "Do I regret doing it?" And he's like, "No." And he was all like laughing about it. 
so I couldn't tell if he maybe was in on it or or maybe someone maybe someone was trying to like prank him and say like oh the guy was hospitalized and and he didn't believe the, the prank or whatever. But anyway, it turned out that um, he was not hospitalized, but the guy did get whether he was in on it or not. Whether he and I don't think we know yet whether the, the mascot knew knew or not that that, that hit was going to happen. But even though it wasn't a hard hit, it, it did result in some soreness around his neck and. I guess he got whiplashed a little bit, and um, and he saw some treatment. The Patriots said from the uh, trainers on site there on, on at the Pro Bowl thing on Wednesday, and uh, and he was <laughs> and he was even checked for a concussion apparently, and he was still sore as of Monday. Uh, that was the word. So uh, I, it was real. I mean, it, it was a real thing that happened. I don't know whether the the mascot was uh, made aware before it happened and then he just fell awkwardly or what. But uh, I would think that, look, yeah, I mean, Jamal Adams is trying to have fun, but like, hope, I would hope, uh, and I don't know, but like, if you're going to be smart about doing something like that, you should like let the guy know and say like, here's what I'm going to do. Is it cool? And then if the guy gets, and if the guy's just fine and he gets, and he gets falls weird, that's okay. He agreed to it. But like, you can't, <laughs> Like I know he was just trying to have fun, but like, like I think he has to understand. Like, you know, you're a 200 and something pound NFL player. Like, if if he's just hit the guy surprisingly, even in a joking manner, like you got to be more careful than that, right? I mean, like, especially when you're talking about, you know, someone in some just guy in a mascot costume who's not jacked like an NFL player and built to take hits. Like, I don't know. Um Look, I mean, Jamal Adams has a lot of enthusiasm, and I'm sure he, you know, I know he didn't mean any ill intent, but sometimes, you know, it pays to be a little more cautious, you know, and think before you do something like that. Now, I don't know. Maybe maybe they prearranged it in, in advance uh, that the hit would happen, but that's what they should have done. If he wanted to do it and have fun for the video, he should have gone over to the guy and said, and maybe he did do this and said like, Hey, like, is it cool if I do this for the, for a video for fun? Uh, and that would have, that would have cleared it and, um, whatever. Maybe he did do that. I don't know, but, uh, looks like the mascot will be at the game. I suppose they could always put somebody else in, in, uh, in the costume for the Super Bowl, but, uh, but it sounds like Pat the Patriot, whether it's the guy who was at the Pro Bowl or somebody else will definitely be at the Super Bowl. Um, you'd think that that <laughs> that's an event the Patriots would like to have their mascot at. So, that's that, and Jamal Adams is down in Atlanta too for the Super Bowl, doing you know the usual promotional publicity stuff that that prominent players do down there during Super Bowl week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Breaking news, Daryl. I was offered the role of being the Patriots mascot at the Super Bowl, and I had to turn it down. I've got other things to do. And quite frankly, I'd rather be able to focus on watching the game than having to entertain the crowd. So I had to take a pass on that one. (laughs) But I will say this. How it seems to me, and I could be wrong, it looks like, and again, this is where I think people would benefit from watching pro wrestling because then they could see things from a different perspective. I think that they probably 
put this together as a way to get attention for the Pro Bowl, but maybe something went wrong where he landed poorly or something like that because this is what happens with stunts and this is what happens even in pro wrestling. Even when you do something that's planned in advance, sometimes things happen because that's just the nature of physical activity. And so if he was hurt, I suspect that it was an accident and it was something that was prearranged and it wasn't meant for him to be hurt. Obviously, there's only a handful of people that would know the answer to that, and they probably won't talk about it if it was something that was coordinated, but this could end up being like one of those Andy Kaufman, Jerry the King Lawler kind of things (laughs) where everybody thinks it was real, and then many years later, we find out definitively that it actually was all an elaborate work. And by the way, shout out to my buddy Sean Reedy, who's a listener to this program and also the co-host of Booking Memphis with Jerry Jarrett, who was the promoter in Memphis when that Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman thing went down. So a little tie in there. And if you're a wrestling fan, you should be listening to that podcast. But you should also be listening to this podcast because not only are we bringing you news about the Patriots mascot, we're also bringing you news about the guy who allegedly injured the Patriots mascot, Jamal Adams. I think it's a positive sign that he was excited to win Pro Bowl MVP. I realize that it doesn't mean anything, but still, it's nice to have a guy on this team who's a leader, who's a great player, and somebody who takes pride in his performance, even when that performance really, let's be honest, doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I mean, he took the game seriously, and I think I, I think that they should they should have some kind of stage thing down in Atlanta for the Super Bowl where the Patriots mascot like clubs his leg or something Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan style. Let's 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 like pay it off and make it funny. Like and you know if it was a prearranged thing, maybe the guy maybe the guy's mad in the costume that he hit him harder than he expected. But anyway, I think yeah, look, Jamal Adams has been in the spotlight here. Whether it's for that, whether it's for being down at the Super Bowl and talking about. You know the Jets' future here, and making his rounds on Radio Row, or whether it's the Pro Bowl. If anyone watched it or whatever, um, and he, I, I didn't watch it, but uh, I obviously saw how he did, and, and he did well. You know, he tried and he did well, and he's a he's a full effort guy. And he and Patrick Mahomes won the won the MVPs, and there are a couple guys there who are the future of the NFL in terms of one of the better defensive players and, and one of the better offensive players who could be around for years to come. So uh, I think the Jets would love it if they. Had. <laughs> a lot more players like Jamal Adams in terms of not only enthusiasm, but skill level. Uh, but look, I mean, that the reality is Mike McKagan has not drafted a lot of Jamal Adamses. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, it, you know, he, he'll be an important part of this team in terms of leadership and already has been um, at, under Adam Gase and, uh, you know, carrying this thing forward and seeing what the Jets can do in 2019. No question, and they were able to get Jamal Adams as a top six pick in the NFL draft, and they're going to be picking in the top six again this year, Daryl. In fact, they're going to be picking all the way up at number three, so there is the opportunity to get somebody as talented as Jamal Adams. Will they do it? Well, part of that is going to depend on who's on the board, and part of that will depend on whether or not some of these quarterbacks shoot up the board. The Senior Bowl is in the books And we heard some reports that Daniel Jones had an up-and-down week, but he did end up winning the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Also had Drew Locke, who apparently impressed some scouts. So, Daryl, do you think there's a chance that some of these quarterbacks, based on the Senior Bowl and now heading into the Combines and the scouting process, could leapfrog the Jets into number one and number two territory, and they either end up with an attractive trade-down offer or somebody like Nick Bosa slides down to them, who would be, to me, a perfect addition with Jamal Adams on that defense. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly possible. I think if you look at not only uh, 
Jones and Locke, but also uh, Dwayne Haskins to be a coveted quarterback. Kyler Murray, obviously, uh, Justin Herbert is staying in school uh, at at Oregon, but I think you know with Arizona one, San Francisco two, the Jets three, Oakland, and then Tampa. It's uh, the top five, and then then you get to, to the two teams that could definitely pick a quarterback: Giants at six and Jaguars at seven. So could it be a situation where either of those teams decides to do what the Jets did last year and move up to the point that the other team can't move up? So I, I don't know if I don't know if Arizona would be shopping the first pick or San Francisco the second. Um, you know those those teams would be you know maybe wise to go with best player available if that's Nick Bosa. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's a situation where a team could trade to one or two and result in uh, Bosa dropping to the Jets more so than potentially a team trading with the Jets uh, to go to three. If the Giants want to go from six to three or the Jaguars from seven to three in order to put some distance between themselves and, and that other team, um, that other quarterback needy team there, be it the Giants or, or the Jaguars and vice versa, um, then maybe the Jets could pick up a second rounder in that in that deal and and help kind of bolster their roster. I think the Jets should be, uh, if they think that Bosa is going to be off the board at, at one or two, and they're not able to get a, and they are able to get a, uh, a legitimate edge rusher in, in free agency, uh, which is a big if, uh, then I think that they should be list, certainly listening to offers to trade down. Um, it would only be smart, and it would give them a chance uh, to get another, get a second round pick, get, get their second round pick back. And, um, and, and a second round pick at, at the, at the higher portion of, of that second round too, if they're trading with a team like the Jaguars or, or, or the Giants. So, um, yeah, I think the Jets certainly listen to offers to trade down. I don't know if a team's going to go above them. And, uh, but I guess we'll see how Murray and, um, and, uh, Dwayne Haskins do at the combine. That'll, that'll have a, a big role in determining just like what the top of this quarterback class looks like. Daryl, you did some great work this week writing some pieces over at NJ.com, and one of them was all about the salary cap situation with the Jets. A lot of people talk about how they're going to have $100 million in cap space, but according to what you wrote, it's not really that cut and dry. No, I mean, right now the Jets are at $93.8 million in cap space based on a $190 million cap estimate per, per team. So that 190 could change. It's going to be the league has said it's going to be basically between 188 and 191. So, overthecap.com is a great site for this this stuff, and they uh, they hash out all the cap numbers. But right now, the Jets are at 93 million dollars. And you know, one thing to remember is you know they, they already have Quincy Nuno's contract on the books. Number one and number two, they uh, they had to retroactively count some of his contract for for 2018 because they gave him the $9 million signing bonus and they spread it over five years for cap purposes. So that just basically lessened, lowered the cap carryover. Like, so if the Jets had, for argument's sake, uh, just, just when these aren't the real numbers, so say they had like $20 million in cap space to end the season and the prorated the signing bonus for a player that retroactively cap was $2 million. Well, that means they can only carry $18 million forward, not the full twenty. It's pretty basic stuff. But, uh, but yeah, there are, certainly, there are other things the Jets are going to have to commit their money to. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with Roddy Anderson. They're going to have to pay their draft picks. And if you, you know, if you look, that's, that's something that people forget. If you look at the rookie pool estimate for the Jets, the Jets, that's $9 million. They're, they have a $9 million rookie pool estimate in terms of what they're going to have to pay their draft picks. Um, in terms of twenty, in terms of twenty nineteen cap hits, but um, but yeah, so they'll still have a considerable amount of money, but not as much as as you initially looked at and thought. 
if you look at what they could do to get more cap space, they certainly could do some some things in terms of trading Leonard Williams. That would free up $14 million. And then they have some little things along the way, some smaller things in terms of guys who could be gone, Isaiah Crowell, Spencer Long. And there's a full rundown up there of like what what each of those moves would uh, would give the Jets in terms of creating cap space. So uh, it's a flexible number, that's for sure. Daryl, you wrote about A.J. Green and Antonio Brown as possible trade options for the New York Jets in the offseason this week at NJ.com. We talked about Antonio Brown in our last podcast last week. What about A.J. Green? What do you think about that possibility? I think, I mean, that would certainly be if the Bengals are willing to trade him, and there's no guarantees that they are. Uh, you know, that might be a better option for the Jets. You're talking about a guy who is not a disruptive presence like Brown. Maybe he's probably not as good as Antonio Brown right now. They're about the same age. Um, he has one year left in his contract in 2019, and the Jets would not be committed to him for as long. You know, they wouldn't be giving up as as much either. He would get he would come cheaper, and uh, and they could just not really. It wouldn't be the same as the Brandon Marshall situation because Brandon Marshall, I think, had two years left in his contract when the Jets traded for him, but one of them was not guaranteed. So, I think if you look at the AJ Green thing. Um, I think it could be uh, it could be a good fit for the Jets. It could give them a guy who's a number one receiver for a year, and um, and they could go from there in terms of what they want to do in the following year free agency in the draft in terms of getting a longer term number one receiver. But they need to give Sam Darnold more weapons. There's no doubt about that. And Adam Gase, I'm sure, knows that as he looks at the personnel. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, now I have to pick on you a little bit based on a piece that you wrote ranking the Jets' first-round picks throughout history. As you know, I do Play Like a Jet, which is a history show, so we go back through all of New York Jets history, including the seasons, the games, all the big moments. So unfortunately for me, because it's in a lot of ways scarred me for life, I know a lot more about this stuff than the average bear. You ranked Johnny Lamb Jones as the number one worst pick of all the first rounders. Let's start with that. First of all, no, you're wrong. Sorry. I understand your argument, Daryl, that they had to trade up to get that pick, but Johnny Lamb Jones at least had his moments. He wasn't anything special, but he produced a little bit here and there, and he actually had some important catches at points. And Vernon Golston, even though they didn't trade up for him, he is easily the worst pick in franchise history, and he may be one of the worst picks in the history of the NFL. So, I don't want to pick on you, but try to explain yourself to me, please, because that one jumped right out at me. I was reading that article, and I'm like, what is Daryl talking about? Well, I mean, I, I this is sort of a combination of a couple things that I did last year. I did a, two separate lists of like the worst top 10 picks and then the best top 10 picks. Two separate little listicles, I guess. But uh, And then there were a bunch of guys who weren't included neither because they were kind of just, they just were okay. Um, and so I consulted a couple guys who had been uh, longtime Jet fans, Ira from Staten Island, and a gentleman named uh, Jeff Sakaitis, uh who lives in, uh, I think, the Philly area. Uh, and I know him through uh, uh, Dom Costantino, who used to uh, cover the Jets. So 
I reached out to those guys and, and kind of gave them a little bit of a rough list and say, like, here's what I think of these top ten, you know, the worst and the best top ten picks in terms of guys who were picking the top ten. And they came back and they said, here's what, you know, here's what we think. And um, so that's where I, I, I based a lot of it on that. You know, a couple of guys who have been following the Jets for a while. And I think that I don't have the uh, initial email still, but uh, those guys, that's where I kind of got the uh, – the uh, the impression there that that Johnny Lamb Jones was the worst pick, and they you know they traded up for him. I think a, I don't know whether it was Ira or Jeff who was um, talking about that and raised that point about you know I think I know I knew that they had traded up for him, um, but then when you go back and look at what they gave up for him, um, I think that was the point that those guys raised. That that was their argument for why uh, he was the worst pick, and I kind of just piggybacked off of that. So you could certainly hear an argument for Vernon Goldston being number one. And I, look, I think it's, uh, you know, it's totally reasonable to put him number one, but, uh, that's sort of what I based it on. talking to those guys. I, I wasn't around to watch either of those guys. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, certainly if you look at the numbers, Goldston had worse numbers than Jones. So if from that perspective, Jones was more productive, but, um, but I guess those guys felt that uh, the trait from the perspective of giving up picks to move up for this guy, uh, that, ding, that dinged them in, in their eyes. Yeah, listen, obviously Johnny Lamb Jones was expected to be a star just based on his speed, and unfortunately he was a case of a guy that had all the physical tools but just didn't have it in him to be a great football player. I talked to Jets legend Wesley Walker about this, and he's convinced to this day that if Lamb Jones had had the proper coaching, he might have been able to become a star-wide receiver. But regardless, it is what it is. But here are some interesting stats about Lamb Jones. He averaged 19 yards a catch, 17 yards a catch, 16 yards a catch, 17 yards a catch, 14 yards a catch, and then overall almost 17 yards a catch for his career. Now, he only was a starter for a full season three out of the five years that he was in the league and being in the league five years is bad enough for a guy picked that high and being a starter for three of those five is really not anything to write home about but again you're talking about a guy that did at least produce some valuable results from time to time especially in the 81 and 82 seasons when the Jets were actually good as opposed to Vernon Golston who literally didn't do anything he didn't even have a one sack the whole time that he was on the Jets so that's where I'm coming from so Ira I love yeah, I respect you. I think that you obviously have plenty of credit as a Jets fan, but you're dead wrong on this one. I'm sorry, buddy. Might have been Jeff. It was like a year ago that I put this list together. So I don't know whether what, which one of those guys it was. So I don't know if it was Ira who was insistent on Lamb Jones. It might have been Jeff Sakaitis, who's like another. Uh, you know, he doesn't call in the. You know, he's not as prominent as Ira. So you guys might not know Jeff, but he knows a ton about the Jets. So. Uh, Look, I mean, maybe I'll redo it when I do the list the next time. We're certainly not adverse to redoing these these listicles. So. Yeah, and I'm um, not actually angry about it, Daryl. I'm just pushing your buttons a little bit. And the other one that I wanted to mess with you on a little bit was the fact that you ranked Richard Todd as one of the worst and Mark Sanchez somewhere in the middle. Now, Richard Todd, to me was not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Erratic is putting it kindly with him. A lot of times he had a penchant for turnovers. In fact, one of the biggest games that he ever played in, that playoff game in 1981 against the Buffalo Bills, he threw five interceptions. So this is a guy that, for a lot of his career, was a turnover machine. But so was Mark Sanchez. And if you look at the results... Todd was the starter for longer. You could argue he had more productive years as a starter than Sanchez. And on top of that, 
they had very similar success levels. I know Sanchez went to the AFC Championship twice, but Richard Todd went to the AFC Championship in 1982, and in 81, the team was really, really good. In fact, that year, Todd had the best year of his career and a better year than any year that Sanchez ever had. So to me, if you're going to rank them both, they've got to be on the same level. They're right at that same spot. I don't see ranking one of them super low and one of them in the middle of the pack, but I get where you're coming from having either in the bottom or in the middle, but I feel like they've got to be ranked right on that same level, whether it's the bottom or the middle. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think Todd was one of those where when I did that initial list, he was the last of the bottom. You know, like the so like I had to, yeah, I came up with eleven guys who, who were the worst, or the eleven worst, and I he was right there on on the on the edge of that. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, yeah, again, I think we'll, we'll end up redoing these at some point during the summer, but <laughs> usually how it goes. So um, that uh, I think, uh, yeah, Richard Todd was was a probably slightly below average player. Uh, and Mark Sanchez was ultimately the same. And I think, to be fair, too, with the Jets traded up for Mark Sanchez. So um, I think that, that you should take that. I should take that into consideration as well. And um, neither guy was very good. But, you know, I, I, I think ultimately neither of them belongs in that worst tier, which is saying something. The Jets have had a lot of really bad top ten draft picks um, that even if you take Richard Todd out of there, I think those other ten guys were – are basically locks. Now you're talking about some of those guys are, are weirder cases because in the sixties or whatever, um, guys who went on to only play in the CFL and never in the NFL. And, uh, it, it was a different animal back then in terms of the draft. Cause so some of these guys that I put in that list, if you read it and notice is it like they were drafted by the jets in the AFL and then went on to play for another team in the NFL, never even played for the jets. So that makes it hard to rank those type of guys. Um, you kind of look at what they did in, in their other with their other, with the other team that they wound up playing for, but, but in the draft obviously you know people will remember this back when there were two leagues you know got the guy basically just picked the league that he wanted to play in so um, so that that kind of made it hard to rank some of these guys but um, but I think you know the, the bottom line is the Jets have had a lot of really bad top ten picks and they're picking in the top ten again and and Jamal Adams is a good top ten pick what Leonard Williams is uh, all right I guess. And, uh, you know, we'll see about Sam Darnold. So fourth time here in recent years that the Jets are picking in the top, top 10, fourth time in the doll in the top six. So, uh, we'll see how they do unless they trade down. This is true, which a lot of people would prefer that they do. I will say this, Daryl, it's interesting. And anybody who hasn't looked at your breakdown, I'm not really trying to pick on Daryl. I'm just being the Jets fan that I am. And Daryl knows that this is all in good fun. And you should go and read the article right now because it's a really fascinating look through the Jets history of first round picks. And you can see if you agree or disagree with Daryl's rankings. But at the quarterback position, the Jets really haven't done that bad when you talk about first round picks. I mean, Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame. Richard Todd wasn't anything great, but he wasn't terrible. He was a decent starting quarterback for a significant period of time. Mark Sanchez didn't turn out to be what they thought he would be, but he wasn't awful. He got them to the AFC Championship twice. Chad Pennington had a really good career. Ken O'Brien, I still think, is criminally underrated. And we don't know what to expect from Donald yet, but as far as first-round picks with quarterbacks, the Jets have had fairly decent luck. Yeah, I mean... They did pick uh, 
you know, some let's just say some of their worst quarterback picks were in, not in the first round, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, they, more or less, Geno Smith, Kellen Clemens, Browning Nagel, guys like that were all second round, so... Much better luck in the first round, for sure. You know, which is, which makes sense, I mean, um, but, you know, there's, you know, they're still looking for that, that next franchise quarterback, uh, but yeah, yeah, let's see, so, so, Pennington was good, O'Brien was good, Todd, Sanchez, Donald has been fine, uh, you know, Joe Namath, obviously, but yeah, the second rounders are Nagel and and, and Geno Smith and Clemens and Hackenberg. Ooh. How do we forget him? <laughs> um, a guy named Al Woodall. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if he brings a bell to you. I, I've never heard of him. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't think the Jets have ever drafted a quarterback in the third round. Um, I'm looking at their all-time draft list here, but uh, you know I don't think they have. I think that they have. Uh, they picked quarterbacks in the first, second, and fourth rounds. I remember looking that up last year. They they never drafted a quarterback in the third round. So they most of their luck has their their poor luck has been in terms of drafting a quarterback in in the uh, second round, as as you mentioned. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. They haven't gotten that big time star, that Hall of Fame guy since Namath. But they haven't done really bad. They've kind of been like the 8-8 eight and eight of quarterback drafters in the first round, if you think about it. No outright terrible busts, but no super big-time hits. You haven't seen them get any Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even Phillip Rivers, all-time great Hall of Fame types since Namath. So it's kind of a fascinating thing to pour over and see what the Jets have done in the first round, not just the quarterback, but at all the other positions. So again, if you haven't looked at that yet, go to NJ.com right now and check out Daryl's rankings of the first round picks and then go ahead and bother him on Twitter if you disagree with him on it. <laughs> I know you love plenty, that, right, Daryl? You love it when people bother you on Twitter about that stuff. Plenty of people have already. <laughs> I have a strong capacity for uh, ignoring. So. <laughs> <laughs> that mute button comes in handy sometimes, I'm sure. <laughs> Either way, you should definitely go ahead and read it and read all the great stuff that Daryl and Matt Stiplikowski have up over at NJ.com. Daryl, as always, thanks so much for coming on. Besides this article that I've been talking about with you for the last 10 minutes or so, what else do you and Matt have up right now at NJ.com? Yeah, a couple things are today. Matt has a rundown of what the Jets have to do to become a Super Bowl team next year, and there's certainly a lot, a lot of it. It has to do with luck, and uh, a lot of it has to do with players uh, taking huge leaps, like Sam Darnold. But you know, um, what do they have to do what, to be, to be in the Super Bowl in terms of moves they have to make or, or whatever? But uh, that's something interesting if you want to take a look at that. And then uh, did a little overall NFL outlook of um, does big spending and free agency pay off? Took a look at all of the teams, uh, the teams who spent the most and the least amount of guaranteed money in free agency last year. So based on the spot track numbers of uh, going from 32 to 1, the teams that spent the least to the most amount of guaranteed money in free agency in 2018. And how did they wind up doing in terms of their record, in terms of how far they got in the playoffs? And um, I don't think, you know, Jets fans need, <laughs> need me or you to tell them, tell them this, but I think the Jets were, uh, they were second. Uh, in terms of the, the amount of guaranteed money they gave out in free agency last year. So it, it obviously did not pay off for them. But there are a couple other teams up there in the top top six, top ten, that spent big in free agency and were able to uh, to go a little bit farther. Um, so there's a full rundown up there. It's a, So it just goes to show you that spending big in free agency does not always equate to, to immediate success. Uh, and the Jets certainly, with the $102 million in guarantees they gave out in, in 2018, were 
or Exhibit A of that. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and check that out. Appreciate everyone reading. Appreciate you having me on as always. Daryl, have you ever seen the movie Celtic Pride? Oh, God, it's been years. <laughs> you remember what their strategy was for making the Celtics a winner? No, man. I, I, I can't believe you remember what this was. <laughs> the strategy was kidnapping the best player on the opposing team, and I think if oh, the right, Jets right. want to win yeah. the Super Bowl, that their best strategy would be having somebody kidnap uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> is this, uh, yeah, really? Is that um, Whoopi Goldberg, Celtic Pride? Is it Machine in that? Or. No, that or was think- Eddie you're thinking of. Celtic Eddie. Pride was the oh. movie with Aykroyd and Daniel Stern, where they kidnapped Damon Waynes, who plays a star basketball player yes. on the Utah Jazz, right. who are playing the Boston Celtics. So I think if the Jets want to win the Super Bowl, they need to do something similar with Tom Brady. So let's do that. Let's tell everybody on the Jets to watch Celtic Pride on Netflix and then figure out a way to make that happen so they can win the division next year. Seems like a sound strategy. It's about the best strategy they got, unfortunately, because as we head into this weekend, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl again. It seems like every year, whoever plays in the AFC, it's just a contest to see who plays the Patriots for the right to go to the Super Bowl every year. We'll see what happens this year, but I'm sure many Jets fans, in fact, if not many, all will be rooting hard against the Patriots and for the Los Angeles Rams this Sunday. Daryl, thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk again, not next week, because you'll be on vacation. I'll talk to Matt Stiplikowski, your partner next week instead, but you'll be back in two weeks, so we'll talk then. Have a fun trip. I hope that I get some good pictures from you and also a nice little story about what went on down there. Looking forward to some details. In the meantime, make sure you read Matt and Daryl over at NJ.com and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.